Question 16, Part 2 of Summa Theologica Tertia Pars, Treatise on the Saviour. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Summa Theologica Tertia Pars, Treatise on the Saviour by St. Thomas Aquinas. Translated by the Fathers of the English Dominican Province. Question 16. Of those things which are applicable to Christ in his being and becoming. In twelve articles. Part 2. Articles 6 through 12. Sixth article. Whether this is true, God was made man. Objection 1. It would seem that this is false. God was made man. For since man signifies substance, to be made man is to be made simply. But this is false. God was made simply. Therefore this is false. God was made man. Objection to further. To be made man is to be changed. But God cannot be the subject of change according to Malachi 3.6. I am the Lord, and I change not. Hence, this is false. God was made man. Objection 3 further. Man, as predicated of Christ, stands for the person of the Son of God. But this is false. God was made the person of the Son of God. Therefore, this is false. God was made man. On the contrary, it is written in John 1, verse 14, The Word was made flesh. And as Athanasius says in one of his letters to Apictetum, when he said, The Word was made flesh, it is as if it were said that God was made man. I answer that a thing is said to be made that which begins to be predicated of it for the first time, now to be man is truly predicated of God, as stated above in Article 1. Yet in such sort that it pertains to God to be man, not from eternity, but from the time of his assuming human nature. Hence this is true. God was made man, though it is understood differently by some, even as this, God is man, as we said above in Article 1. Reply to Objection 1. To be made man is to be made simply in all those in whom human nature begins to be in a newly created suppositum. But God is said to have been made man inasmuch as the human nature began to be in an eternally pre-existing suppositum of the divine nature. And hence, for God to be made man does not mean that God was made simply. Reply to Objection 2. As stated above, to be made implies that something is newly predicated of another. Hence, whenever anything is predicated of another, and there is a change in that of which it is predicated, then to be made is to be changed, and this takes place in whatever is predicated absolutely, for whiteness or greatness cannot newly affect anything unless it be newly changed to whiteness or greatness. But whatever is predicated relatively, 
can be newly predicated of anything without its change, as a man may be made to be on the right side, without being changed, and merely by the change of him on whose left side he was. Hence, in such cases, not all that is said to be made is changed, since it may happen by the change of something else. And it is thus we say of God, in Psalm 89, verse 1, Lord, thou art made our refuge. Now to be man belongs to God by reason of the union, which is a relation, and hence to be man is newly predicated of God without any change in him, by a change in the human nature which is assumed to a divine person. And hence when it is said, God was made man, we understand no change on the part of God, but only on the part of the human nature. Reply to Objection 3. Man stands not for the bare person of the Son of God, but inasmuch as it subsists in human nature. Hence, although this is false, God was made the person of the Son of God, yet this is true, God was made man, by being united to human nature. Seventh article. Whether this is true, man was made God. Objection 1. It would seem that this is true. Man was made God. For it is written in Romans 1-2, which he had promised before by his prophets in the Holy Scriptures concerning his Son, who was made to him of the seed of David according to the flesh. Now Christ, as man, is of the seed of David according to the flesh. Therefore man was made the Son of God. Objection to further. Augustine says in On the Trinity 1.13 that Such was this assumption which made God man and man God. But by reason of this assumption this is true, God was made man. Therefore in like manner this is true, man was made God. Objection 3 further. Gregory Natsiansen says in his letter to Chelid, God was humanized and man was deified, or whatever else one may like to call it. Now God is said to be humanized by being made man. Therefore with equal reason man is said to be deified by being made God, and thus it is true that man was made God. Objection 4. Further, when it is said that God was made man, the subject of the making or uniting is not God, but human nature, which the word man signifies. Now that seems to be the subject of the making, to which the making is attributed. Hence, man was made God is truer than God was made man. On the contrary, Damascene says in On the True Faith 3.2, We do not say that man was deified, but that God was humanized. Now to be made God is the same as to be deified. Hence this is false. Man was made God. I answer that this proposition, man was made God, may be understood in three ways. First, so that the participle made 
absolutely determines either the subject or the predicate. And in this sense it is false, since neither the man of whom it is predicated was made, nor is God made, as will be said in Articles 8 and 9. And in the same sense this is false, God was made man. But it is not of this sense that we are now speaking. Secondly, it may be so understood that the word made determines the composition with this meaning. Man was made God, that is, it was brought about that man is God. And in this sense, both are true, notably that man was made God and that God was made man. But this is not the proper sense of these phrases, unless indeed we are to understand that man has not a personal but a simple supposition. For although this man was not made God, because this suppositum, notably the person of the Son of God, was eternally God, yet man, speaking commonly, was not always God. Thirdly, properly understood, this participle, made, attaches making to man with relation to God, as the term of the making. And in this sense, granted that the person or hypostasis in Christ are the same as the suppositum of God and man, as was shown in question 2, articles 2 and 3, this proposition is false, because when it is said man was made God, man has a personal suppositum, because to be God is not verified of the man in his human nature, but in his suppositum. Now the suppositum of human nature, of whom to be God is verified, is the same as the hypostasis or person of the Son of God, who was always God. Hence it cannot be said that this man began to be God, or is made God, or that he was made God. But if there were a different hypostasis of God and man, so that to be God was predicated of the man, and conversely, by reason of a certain conjunction of supposita, or of personal dignity, or of affection, or indwelling, as the Nestorian said, then with equal reason might it be said that man was made God, that is, joined to God, and that God was made man, that is, joined to man. Reply to Objection 1. In these words of the Apostle, the relative, who, which refers to the person of the Son of God, ought not to be considered as affecting the predicate, as if someone already existing of the seed of David according to the flesh was made the Son of God. And it is in this sense that the objection takes it. But it ought to be taken as affecting the subject with this meaning, that the Son of God was made to him, namely to the honor of the Father, as a gloss expounds it, being of the seed of David according to the flesh, as if to say, the Son of God having flesh of the seed of David to the honor of God. Reply to Objection 2. This saying of Augustine is to be taken in the sense that by the assumption that took place in the Incarnation, it was brought about that man is God and God is man, and in this sense both sayings are true as stated above. 
The same is to be said in reply to the third, since to be deified is the same as to be made God. Reply to Objection 4. A term placed in the subject is taken materially, that is, for the suppositum. Placed in the predicate, it is taken formally, that is, for the nature signified. Hence, when it is said that man was made God, the being made is not attributed to the human nature but to the suppositum of the human nature, which is God from eternity, and hence it does not befit him to be made God. But when it is said that God was made man, the making is taken to be terminated in the human nature. Hence, properly speaking, this is true. God was made man, and this is false. Man was made God. Even as if Socrates, who was already a man, were made white and were pointed out, this would be true. This man was made white today, and this would be false. This white thing was made man today. Nevertheless, if on the part of the subject there is added some word signifying human nature in the abstract, it might be taken in this way for the subject of the making. For example, if it were said that human nature was made the son of gods. Eighth article. Whether this is true, Christ is a creature. Objection 1. It would seem that this is true. Christ is a creature. For Pope Leo says, A new and unheard of covenant. God who is and was is made a creature. Now we may predicate of Christ whatever the Son of God became by the Incarnation. Therefore this is true. Christ is a creature. Objection to further. The properties of both natures may be predicated of the common hypostases of both natures, no matter by what word they are signified, as was stated above in Article 5. But it is the property of human nature to be created, as it is the property of the divine nature to be creator. Hence, both may be said of Christ, notably, that he is a creature and that he is uncreated and creator. Objection 3 further. The principal part of a man is the soul rather than the body. But Christ, by reason of the body which he took from the Virgin, is said simply to be born of the Virgin. Therefore, by reason of the soul which is created by God, it ought simply to be said that he is a creature. On the contrary, Ambrose says in On the Trinity 1, was Christ made by a word? Was Christ created by a command? As if to say no, hence he adds, How can there be a creature in God? For God has a simple, not a composite nature. Therefore, it must not be granted that Christ is a creature. I answer that, as Jerome says in a gloss on Hosea, Words spoken amiss lead to heresy. Hence, with us and heretics, the very words ought not to be in common, lest we seem to countenance their error. Now the Arian heretics said that Christ was a creature, and less than the Father, 
not only in his human nature, but even in his divine person. And hence we must not say absolutely that Christ is a creature or less than the Father, but with a qualification, notably, in his human nature. But such things as could not be considered to belong to the divine person in itself may be predicated simply of Christ by reason of his human nature. Thus we say simply that Christ suffered, died, and was buried, even as in corporeal and human beings, things of which we may doubt whether they belong to the whole or the part, if they are observed to exist in a part, are not predicated of the whole simply, that is, without qualification. For we do not say that the Ethiopian is white, but that he is white as regards his teeth. But we say without qualification that he is curly, since this can only belong to him as regards his hair. Reply to Objection 1. Sometimes, for the sake of brevity, the holy doctors use the word creature of Christ without any qualifying term. We should, however, take as understood the qualification as man. Reply to Objection 2. All the properties of the human, just as of the divine nature, may be predicated equally of Christ. Hence Damascene says in On the True Faith 3.4 that Christ, who God and man, is called created and uncreated, passable and impassable. Nevertheless, things of which we may doubt to what nature they belong are not to be predicated without a qualification. Hence he afterwards adds that the one hypostasis, that is, of Christ, is uncreated in its Godhead and created in its manhood. Even so, conversely, we may not say without qualification, Christ is incorporeal or impassable, in order to avoid the error of Manas, who held that Christ had not a true body nor truly suffered, but we must say with a qualification that Christ was incorporeal and is impassable in his Godhead. Reply to Objection 3. There can be no doubt how the birth from the Virgin applies to the person of the Son of God, as there can be in the case of creation, and hence there is no parity. Ninth Article. Whether this man, that is Christ, began to be Objection 1. It would seem that this man, that is Christ, began to be. For Augustine says in his commentary on the Gospel of John that Before the world was, neither were we, nor the mediator of God and men, the man Jesus Christ. But what was not always has begun to be. Therefore, this man, that is Christ, began to be. Objection to further, Christ began to be man. But to be man is to be simply. Therefore, this man began to be simply. Objection 3 further, man implies a suppositum of human nature. But Christ was not always a suppositum of human nature. Therefore, this man began to be 
On the contrary, it is written in Hebrews 13, verse 8, Christ Jesus, yesterday and today, and the same forever. I answer that, we must not say that this man, pointing to Christ, began to be, unless we add something, and this for a twofold reason. First, for the proposition is simply false in the judgment of the Catholic faith, which affirms that in Christ there is one suppositum and one hypostasis, as also one person. For according to this, when we say, this man, pointing to Christ, the eternal suppositum is necessarily meant, with whose eternity a beginning in time is incompatible. Hence this is false. This man began to be. Nor does it matter that to begin to be refers to the human nature which is signified by this word man, because the term placed in the subject is not taken formally so as to signify the nature, but is taken materially so as to signify the suppositum, as was said in Article 1, Fourth Reply. Secondly, because even if this proposition were true, it ought not to be made use of without qualification, in order to avoid the heresy of Arius, who, since he pretended that the person of the Son of God is a creature, and less than the Father, so he maintained that he began to be, saying, There was a time when he was not. Reply to Objection 1. The words quoted must be qualified, that is, we must say that the man Jesus Christ was not, before the world was, in his humanity. Reply to Objection 2. With this word, begin, we cannot argue from the lower species to the higher, for it does not follow if this began to be white, that therefore it began to be colored. And this because, to begin, implies being now and not heretofore. For it does not follow if this was not white hitherto, that therefore it was not colored hitherto. Now, to be simply is higher than to be man. Hence this does not follow, Christ began to be man, therefore he began to be. Reply to Objection 3. This word, man, as it is taken for Christ, although it signifies the human nature which began to be, nevertheless signifies the eternal suppositum which did not begin to be. Hence, since it signifies the suppositum when placed in the subject, and refers to the nature when placed in the predicate, therefore this is false, the man Christ began to be. But this is true, Christ began to be man. Tenth article. Whether this is true, Christ as man is a creature. Objection 1. It would seem that this is false. Christ as man is a creature, or began to be. For nothing in Christ is created except the human nature. But this is false. Christ as man is the human nature. 
Therefore this also is false. Christ as man is a creature. Objection to further. The predicate is predicated of the term placed in reduplication, rather than of the subject of the proposition. As when I say, a body as colored is visible, it follows that the colored is visible. But as stated in Articles 8 and 9, we must not absolutely grant that the man Christ is a creature, nor consequently that Christ as man is a creature. Objection 3 further. Whatever is predicated of a man as man is predicated of him per se and simply. For per se is the same as inasmuch as itself, as is said in Metaphysics 5.23. But this is false. Christ as man is per se and simply a creature. Hence this too is false. Christ as man is a creature. On the contrary, whatever is, is either creator or creature. But this is false. Christ as man is creator. Therefore, this is true. Christ as man is a creature. I answer that, when we say, Christ as man, this word man may be added in the reduplication either by reason of the suppositum or by reason of the nature. If it be added by reason of the suppositum, since the suppositum of the human nature in Christ is eternal and uncreated, this will be false. Christ as man is a creature. But if it be added by reason of the human nature, it is true, since by reason of the human nature or in the human nature, it belongs to him to be a creature, as was said in Article 8. It must, however, be borne in mind that the term covered by the reduplication signifies the nature rather than the suppositum, since it is added as a predicate, which is taken formally, for it is the same to say, Christ as man, and to say, Christ as he is a man. Hence this is to be granted rather than denied. Christ as man is a creature. But if something further be added whereby the term covered by the reduplication is attracted to the suppositum, this proposition is to be denied rather than granted. For instance, were one to say, Christ as this man is a creature. Reply to Objection 1. Although Christ is not the human nature, he has human nature. Now the word creature is naturally predicated not only of abstract, but also of concrete things, since we say that manhood is a creature and that man is a creature. Reply to Objection 2. Man, as placed in the subject, refers to the suppositum, and is placed in the reduplication, refers to the nature, as was stated above. And because the nature is created, and the suppositum uncreated, therefore, although it is not granted that this man is a creature, yet it is granted that 
Christ as man is a creature. Reply to Objection 3. It belongs to every man who is a suppositum of human nature alone to have his being only in human nature. Hence of every such suppositum, it follows that if it is a creature as man, it is a creature simply. But Christ is a suppositum not merely of human nature, but also of the divine nature, in which he has an uncreated being. Hence it does not follow that, if he is a creature as man, he is a creature simply. Eleventh article. Whether this is true, Christ as man is God. Objection 1. It would seem that Christ as man is God, for Christ is God by the grace of union. But Christ as man has the grace of union. Therefore, Christ as man is God. Objection 2. Further, to forgive sins is proper to God, according to Isaiah 43.25. I am he that blot out thy iniquities for my own sake. But Christ as man forgives sin, according to Matthew 9.6. But that you should know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, etc. Therefore Christ as man is God. Objection 3 further. Christ is not man in common, but is this particular man. Now Christ, as this man, is God, since by this man we signify the eternal suppositum which is God naturally. Therefore, Christ as man is God. On the contrary, whatever belongs to Christ as man belongs to every man. Now if Christ as man is God, it follows that every man is God, which is clearly false. I answer that. This term, man, when placed in the reduplication, may be taken in two ways. First, as referring to the nature, and in this way, it is not true that Christ as man is God, because the human nature is distinct from the divine by a difference of nature. Secondly, it may be taken as referring to the suppositum, and in this way, since the suppositum of the human nature in Christ is the person of the Son of God, to whom it essentially belongs to be God, it is true that Christ, as man, is God. Nevertheless, because the term placed in the reduplication signifies the nature rather than the suppositum, as stated above in Article 10, Hence this is to be denied rather than granted, Christ as man is God. Reply to Objection 1. It is not with regard to the same that a thing moves towards, and that it is something. For to move belongs to a thing because of its matter or subject, and to be in act belongs to it because of its form so too it is not with regard to the same that it belongs to Christ to be ordained to be God by the grace of union and to be God. For the first belongs to him in his human nature and the second 
in his divine nature. Hence this is true. Christ as man has the grace of union. Yet not this. Christ as man is God. Reply to Objection 2. The Son of Man has on earth the power of forgiving sins, not by virtue of the human nature, but by virtue of the divine nature, in which divine nature resides the power of forgiving sins authoritatively, whereas in the human nature it resides instrumentally and ministerially. Hence Chrysostom, expounding this passage, says, He said pointedly, on earth to forgive sins, in order to show that by an indivisible union he united human nature to the power of the Godhead, since although he was made man, yet he remained the word of God. Reply to Objection 3. When we say, this man, the demonstrative pronoun, this, attracts man to the suppositum. And hence, Christ as this man is God is a truer proposition than Christ as man is God. Twelfth article. Whether this is true, Christ as man is a hypostasis or person. Objection 1. It would seem that Christ as man is a hypostasis or person. For what belongs to every man belongs to Christ as man, since he is like other men, according to Philippians 2.7, being made in the likeness of men. But every man is a person. Therefore, Christ as man is a person. Objection to further. Christ as man is a substance of rational nature. But he is not a universal substance. Therefore, he is an individual substance. Now a person is nothing else than an individual substance of rational nature, as Boethius says in On the Two Natures. Therefore, Christ as man is a person. Objection 3 further. Christ as man is a being of human nature, and a suppositum and a hypostasis of the same nature. But every hypostasis and suppositum and being of human nature is a person. Therefore, Christ as man is a person. On the contrary, Christ as man is not an eternal person. Therefore, if Christ as man is a person, it would follow that in Christ there are two persons, one temporal and the other eternal, which is erroneous, as was stated above in question 2, article 6, and question 4, article 2. I answer that, as was said in articles 10 and 11, the term man, placed in the reduplication, may refer either to the suppositum or to the nature. Hence, when it is said, Christ as man is a person, if it is taken as referring to the suppositum, it is clear that Christ as man is a person, since the suppositum of human nature is nothing else than the person of the Son of God. But if it be taken as referring to the nature, it may be understood in two ways. 
first we may so understand it as if it belonged to human nature to be in a person and in this way it is true for whatever subsists in human nature is a person secondly it may be taken that in christ a proper personality caused by the principles of the human nature is due to the human nature and in this way christ as man is not a person since the human nature does not exist of itself apart from the divine nature and yet the notion of person requires this reply to objection one it belongs to every man to be a person inasmuch as everything subsisting in human nature is a person now this is proper to the man christ that the person subsisting in his human nature is not caused by the principles of the human nature but is eternal hence in one way he is person as man and in another way he is not as stated above reply to objection to the individual substance which is included in the definition of a person implies a complete substance subsisting of itself and separate from all else otherwise a man's hand might be called a person since it is an individual substance nevertheless because it is an individual substance existing in something else it cannot be called a person nor for the same reason can the human nature in christ although it may be called something individual and singular reply to objection three as a person signifies something complete and self-subsisting in rational nature so a hypostasis suppositum and being of nature in the genus of substance signify something that subsists of itself hence as human nature is not of itself a person apart from the person of the son of god so likewise it is not of itself a hypostasis or suppositum or a being of nature hence in the sense in which we deny that christ as man is a person we must deny all the other propositions end of question 16 read by michael shane craig lambert lc